0: me how to wet the whistle. Um, Thank you, Lord. God is good. I have a good word for you today, and trust that God would give each of us ears to hear what the Spirit of God would speak to us as a Messianic community of believers. So pray after me, avinu, avinu malkinu. Our Father and our King, give me eyes to see, ears to hear, a heart to perceive, and the will to obey the word that I hear today, B'Shem Yeshua, in Yeshua's name. Amen. Today we are starting a new series entitled Hope in a Hopeless World. Hope, when present, in someone's life, is a powerful principle which will propel us forward. Matter of fact, that last song that we sang today, right? While I wait, I will worship, Lord, I'll worship your name, right? While I wait for what? While they wait for God's promise to be fulfilled, while they wait for the healing in their life, while they wait for a son or a daughter to come to faith, while they wait for provision, hope allows us to worship God while we wait. You see, hope is when you don't have the promise realized, yet hope says, I believe it will be realized. And so hope, when present, is powerful. It allows us to do the things that we sing about in reality when we're going through it in our lives. On the other hand, if hope is absent, it could diminish our ability to live our lives to their full potential. And I would dare even say that if hope is absent, okay, we might even be tempted to shrink back from God. And we have seen that too. Hope... As a noun is the feeling that what is wanted can be had, or that events will turn out for the best. As a verb, it means to feel that something desired may happen. The Hebrew word "tikva" is to have an expectation, to be looking forward to a good outcome a confidence in regard to a good and beneficial future. Now, with this in mind, this word "tikva" in mind, hope, let's, let me direct you to the next scripture. In Yechetskiel 37, Ezekiel 37, listen to what is said. This is God speaking. He says, then he said to me, God said to Yechetskiel, son of man, These bones, remember it's the vision of the valley of dry bones. And he says, God is saying this, God is saying that these bones are the people of Israel. They say, the people of Israel, the bones say, our bones are dried up and our hope is gone. We are cut off. It is important to notice that the statement about hope is coming from God's people. It's a statement of hopelessness. Our bones are dried up and our hope is gone. We are cut off. We're done for. It's over. Might as well get the shovels going now. It's over. There's no way back. Although this passage is a prophecy about the nation of Israel, the principle is extremely relevant to our lives today. What should we expect from a person and even if that person is ourselves, by the way, a person who thinks their life is dried up, with no hope, and they say they're cut up from God, cut off from God? What would you expect from that person? In my experience, this is the person that stops living life to, their, to its full potential. And adopts a position of withdrawal and retreat, feeling that their best days are behind them. And it leads to often disillusionment about God and his activity in their life. It's not a good place to be. This is where the children of Israel were. They were saying, our hope is gone, we're cut off. Not a good place. God recognizing that this was a bad situation, he sent the prophet to B'nai Yisrael. Perhaps I'm the prophet for you today to speak into your life. And he sent the prophet to infuse them with hope, telling them, in essence, that their present condition does not define their future destination. Hear that. Write that down. Your present condition doesn't define your future destination. That where you are now isn't where you're going to be. It's not where God's taking you. Though you seem like you're cut off, you seem like you're dry, you seem like hope is lost, if you dare to hope God, your destination is someplace other than where you are now. It's someplace good. It is with that sentiment in mind that the first installment of this series, series will start and we entitled this one, The Necessity of Hope. Why hope's so important? Why believers who are living a hopeless life struggle beyond measure, shrink back from God in his presence, decline to worship him, because after all, what's there to live for? Decline to be active in the kingdom of God, for after all, it's not worth it. It's all over. If you were running a race and I told you it's all over, you could stop now. Would you keep running? If I was running a marathon, and you could see that I'm the type of guy that could do it too. (laughs) If I was running a marathon, and I'm running that first... I know, it's funny, right? I'm running that first mile. And someone comes up to me and says, Rabbi, it's it's all over. It's over. Race is canceled. Trust me, I would not keep running. I would stop on a dime and say, where's the coffee? (laughs) (laughs) All right, enough of that. If it was all over, why would I keep going? That's how people live their life. If they're hopeless and they believe it's all over, they just stop. And they just exist. I wanted to read you a story. As Vice President George Bush, so we're going back a little bit, represented the United States at the funeral of former Soviet leader Brezhnev, Bush was deeply moved by a silent protest carried out by Brezhnev's widow. She stood motionless by the coffin until seconds before it was closed. Then Then, just as the soldiers touched the lid... Brezhnev's wife performed an act of great courage and hope, a gesture that must surely rank as one of the most profound acts of civil disobedience ever committed. She reached down and made the sign of the cross on her husband's chest. Obviously, it's an atheistic country. He was the leader. That was the wrong thing to do technically. There in the citadel of secular atheistic power, the wife of the man who had run it hoped that her husband was wrong. She hoped that there was something more for him beyond just the life that he lived. She hoped that there was a relationship with the God of the universe on the other side waiting for him. Hope. We're talking about the necessity of hope and its importance to our lives. Perhaps you will self-diagnose yourself today as someone who has lost hope in a given area of your life or in life in general. I want to say this, that if that's you, I trust that by the end of this message you will indeed be encouraged to pursue and embrace hope once again because that song that we ended our worship time with, you're faithful every day, your promises remain. That is coming from someone who has hope living in their heart. Know what it means? It means their present condition isn't their final destination. That's what they're singing about. That's what makes it real. And sometimes when hope is gone, we can't even muster up the strength to sing a song like that. And so we shrink back and just allow life to overtake us. Hope is important. 1 Corinthians 13 gives us a great picture of love, right? Right? Okay, and at the end of the chapter, it mentions the top three things that'll keep us going here in this life, right? And I particularly like the message translation for clarity. This is what it says. For we don't yet see things clearly. Would you agree with that? That we don't yet see things clearly. We are squinting in a fog, peering through a mist. But it won't be long before the weather clears and the sun shines bright. We'll see it all then, see it all as clearly as God sees us, knowing him directly just as he knows us. But for right now, until that completeness, we have three things to do to lead us toward that consummation. Trust steadily in God or have faith. Hope unswervingly. Love extravagantly. The best of this is love. Three things, three keys to life, and hope is among them. Hope unswervingly. I like, the, I like that phrase. I like the way it sounds, but more importantly, it's the why behind that phrase that matters most. Again, all we need to do is look at the scriptures in Michelet, Proverbs 13, 12. Look what it says. It says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. Hope put off. Or someone basically who doesn't have hope because hope deferred is no hope at all. All right? So when you don't have hope, your heart's sick. Your spirit is sick. Just like they were in Ezekiel chapter 37. Our hope is gone. We're dried up. We're finished. Hope deferred. A heart and life without hope is not a healthy spiritual life. So, hope deferred is the person who is living as if their hope is gone based upon their current situation or condition. But in the second half of that proverb, it says, but when dreams come true at last, there is life and joy. For the people of God, we have the ability to tap into a supernatural hope that is not based on our current condition. But on a faithful God who always causes us to triumph, it is hope in him that can get us through life's most difficult seasons. For I know the plans. I Shut your eyes and hear this. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. So whatever condition you're currently in, God's plan for you is one that has a future attached to it that is glorious. I'm going to give you ten reasons why hope is a necessity. It's based on an article I read and. I thought it was appropriate for an opening message. So, when discouraging and depressing things happen, has that ever happened to you? Anything discouraging or depressing? Yeah, I've had, I could think probably five things this week. Discouraging and depressing. For sure, easy, easily. Okay, Um, (laughs) yeah, that's, that's scary. But yeah, I know I'm not unusual. Right, I'm probably average as we live our life. Um, When that happens, we need God's intervention to help sustain us. Biblical hope is designed to dispel those overwhelming negative and discouraging voices. You ever hear them? Come on, guys. You ever hear those overwhelming negative and discouraging voices? It's never going to happen. You're never going to make it. That thing, that dream that you have is never going to come to pass. Look, look, look where you are now. Do you think you're ever going to get to where that quote-unquote crazy promise said that you're going to get to? And those negative voices sometimes try to barrel and roll over us and steamroll us. Your, your relationships are never going to change and they steamroll us. Biblical hope is designed to dispel those overwhelming, negative, and discouraging voices. Hope is a life-transforming reality that yields great benefits. And here's the things that it will yield. If you will dare to hope in God and just really simply believe what God says. So look, what it, we, I'll just read it one more time, Yirmiyahu 29 and 11. For This is God speaking. Now, unless you know something that I don't know, unless you know more than God which I don't think you do, God says this about you, for I know the plans I have for you. To prosper you, not to harm you, to give you hope in the future. So that's true. This is based on truth. So here are 10 things that hope will do for you if you will simply believe God. And begin to hope again. Biblical hope propels us forward. Biblical hope is a realistic, realistic expectation of and a joyful longing for future good and glory based upon the reliable word of God. Now, I don't want, don't lift your hands, please. Do not. But I would like you to answer this question How much time did you spend in the Word of God this week? How much time did you spend in the Word of God? I'll venture a guess that to the degree that you spent in the Word of God, okay, is to the same degree that hope is living in your heart. Because we need something. I don't know about you. I need something to counteract the realities I see with my eyes and the feelings I feel in my being. I need something that's supernatural and powerful. And guess what that is? The Word of God. The more we look toward the future and the promises that God has in His Word, the less we will yearn for the past and the less we will be bogged down by our current situations. Hope deletes regrets and underlines expectation. It deletes regrets. You know, the enemy wants us to live in regret. Oh, we didn't get it done. You made mistakes in the past. That's why you're here today. And you could regret and bemoan. Does that bring hope to you when you do that? I made mistakes in my relationship. I made mistakes in raising my kids. I made mistakes in my relationship with God. And what is that? Does that bring you a cheery feeling? No, it doesn't. It brings you a discouraged, downtrodden feeling. But hope deletes that. It diminishes drag that's on your life, and it increases momentum to say that God says that there is hope in a future for me despite where I've been, despite the condition that I'm currently in, and despite my past. That God says there's hope in the future for me. Look what it says in Yeshiyahu 43. And and I, I get this. Stop. You hear me? Stop. Stop dwelling on the past. Stop dwelling on past events and brooding over times gone by. Stop dwelling on the prayer that didn't get answered. Stop dwelling on the thing that went wrong. I am doing something new. It's springing up. Can't you see it? Rhetorical, can't you see it? In other words, it's happening. But if it's happening and you don't see it, you're not going to get in on it. If it's happening and you see it, you will get in on it. I'm making a road in the desert, rivers in the wasteland. God's telling us, I'm doing something that has a future in it that's glorious. Right now, you're in the desert. Right now, you're in the wasteland, perhaps. But I'm bringing you to a place where there's water in that desert, where there's fruitfulness in that desert. Come along with me. That's what hope is. Though I don't understand it, Lord, I worship in my pain. In my pain. My current condition is pain. Pain but I know God is leading me to a place of refreshing. So that's why I'll worship in my pain because I know my present condition isn't my final destination. Hope gives us strength in our current condition. Today is worth living because the eternal tomorrow is a lot better than today. Hope says that my current condition is not my final destination. Hope says that your situation nor your condition defines you. Hope says that what God says to you about your life is what your future is. Isaiah 40 says, verse 31, but those who hope, Tikva. those who hope in Adonai will renew their strength not maybe will renew their strength, will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. That's what hope does. That's why we need to be hopeful in God because hope will strengthen us in our current condition. God isn't saying that to a people who are doing well. God's saying that to a people who are like us, who had a bad week, are in a bad season, have things in their life that they need change and answers to. That's what he's, who he's speaking to. Those who hope in the Lord, though, they will be able to overcome this. Number three, hope brings light to our darkness. You ever fear? feel like things are just dark? I don't know. I turn on the news, it looks pretty dark. I walk out in the world, it looks pretty dark. Hope does not deny or remove the reality of dark and painful times. However, it does shine a bright light into these valleys and points to the sunrise at the end of them. Okay? Hmm. Isaiah 9 the people walking in darkness will see a great light. Upon those dwelling in the land of the shadow of death, light will shine. Now, we know that this scripture is pointing us to the Messiah that was to come, but perhaps it also points to the Messiah coming to us now in our personal times of darkness and struggle. That though you are walking in the valley of the shadow of death, or you're in that dark place, that God's coming to you. And I I know where God comes to me. There's many a times where I go into a, I'm in a season that's not good. and the condition says, man, that's not where I want to be. And I go to God, and nothing immediately changes. I might read the word, pray, sing to God. But as I stay in his presence, as I meditate on his word, as I look to him for a source of strength, oddly, every single time, I'll feel that condition changed, Not even this situation. I could walk out of my time of devotion and the situation be exactly the same. But something in me changed. And the thing that changed in me was that this situation is not permanent. It's not the way it's going to stay because God has promised me something different. that makes all the difference in the world. And you could say, well, Rabbi, you don't understand, Rabbi Michael. I've been doing this for years. So is David. Some scholars say 20 years. 20 years. Yet David kept the promise before him every day Seeking God. God probably telling him the same thing every day. And you know what? Th- that could either get old, and you could start not even to hear it anymore, or it could propel you forward, and you could grab strength from it and say, no, God promised me this, and it's going to happen. I'll tell you a quick story. There was a woman who, maybe someone could help. She had a deformity, right? Was it a deformity in their face? I believe it was, and she, kept, she went to her spiritual leader, she went to the, to the rabbi, pastor, and um, she would say this declaration, in the name of Yeshua, I've been healed 2,000 years ago. On a Wednesday night service, she would stand up and say, in the name of Yeshua, I've been healed 2,000 years ago. She looked exactly the same. Every Wednesday she would stand up, 2,000 years ago, I've been healed by Yeshua's blood. To the point where the pastor, rabbi, was getting a little uncomfortable. So he's going to call her in to talk to her. Because, you know, you're saying you were healed 2,000 years ago, but everyone could see that your condition hasn't changed. So he makes an appointment. She walks into his office. 100% healed. And he said, what happened? And she said, 2,000 years ago. (laughs) I was healed in Yeshua's name. He brings light into our darkness, and it doesn't always happen instantaneously. And it's keeping and looking and expecting him to come into our lives in a great way. That helps that be realized. Number four, hope increases faith. Faith fuels hope. They kind of work synergistically together. Um, Hebrews 11 makes it very clear that hope and faith are co- closely tied together and um, makes kind of the two of those principles inseparable. Without faith, we cannot soar in hope, but without hope, faith will kind of like limp along in our lives. The greatest believers are the people who, like Avraham, have the ability to hope beyond hope. Do you hear what I'm saying? No, what does beyond hope mean? It means the situation I said in Ezekiel. Our hope is gone. It's over. Have you ever been in a situation where it looks over? It's never going to change. This is the final answer. The door's been closed tight. You're done. I just want to say this God loves those times. Oh, man, if you want to get God excited, tell him that it's all over and nothing can be done. Don't bother the rabbi anymore. Lazarus, my brother is dead. Don't even have the rabbi come. God's like, yeah. Love it. I'm going to come anyway. Because you think it's all over. It's done. It's finished. But it's not. Faith increases, or hope increases faith. It says this, that he, Abraham, is our father in the sight of God in whom he trusted, who gives life to the dead This is what God does. He gives life to the dead situation, to the dead person, to the dead promise. He gives life to the dead and calls into existence. Hear that. Hear that phrase. And he calls into, because we're in Bereshit this week, aren't we? And God called into existence the material that you're sitting on right now that made that chair. He called it into being. It was nothing. It was nothingness. God called it into being. This is what God could do for you and he could do for your situation. And he calls into existence that which does not exist. How's that? God, it's beyond an answer. And God's like saying, oh, it is. Is that what you think? That's a hopeless person. God, it's beyond an answer, is hopelessness. Because God can call things into existence that don't currently exist. Things that never happened before. Well, God, the miracle I'm waiting for, I've never seen it happen before. Great. God has a lot of one-offs in the Bible. Has the sun ever stood still in the sky before? Only one time. There's a lot of one-offs in the Bible where God will do something that's never been done, but I'll do it today. Why? Because I want to. Why? Because I could call into existence anything that I desire. And when we have hope in a God like that, God does not disappoint. And it says, in hope, beyond hope, Abraham trusted that he would become the father of many nations. That's absurd, Abraham. Are you out of your mind? You don't even have one. And you're going to be the father of many nations? What are you drinking? <laughs> Abraham, come back to earth. Hey, Abe, what's the matter with you? You're going to be a father of many nations. Show me one. Because Abraham hoped that the God who spoke the worlds into existence could speak that promise into existence, just like that. That's exactly what happened. That will happen in your life. If you live like Abraham, hope beyond rabbi, the situation's all gone. But I'm going to hope in God anyway. That's a good place to be. Hope is contagious. Who can easily, we, we, meaning you and me, can easily drag others down, do you know that, by our attitudes, words, and behavior. Spouses hear that. You know, we have this little running thing that happens in my house. If I get down or discouraged, inevitably my wife is upbeat and positive. Oh, don't worry about it. We're going to get through this. God is going to come through, and that helps me. But on the very, 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 very rare occasion when both of us were in one of those funkadelic moods, my goodness, do you want to talk about digging a deep pit? It's nasty. She's not doing good, I'm not doing good, and we're going deeper and deeper and deeper. Hope, though, is contagious. When I'm not doing that great and she's just believing God, that just comes on to me. And I don't stay like that for very long. And this vice versa, when she's not doing that great and I'm just, just giving her the word, giving her the truth, comes right out of it. You see, we have to be careful because hope is contagious. And your hope will encourage others who are struggling. But it also might impact unbelievers who might inquire about the reason for the hope that they see in you. Hey, I know what you're going through in your life. Why are you so chipper? What are you so hopeful about? Well, look what it says in, in Kepha Aleph. Sanctify Messiah as Lord in your hearts. Always be ready to give an answer to anyone who asks you the reason for the hope that's in you. And that's assuming that there's hope living in you. It's important. It's important for your family. Fathers, you can't be walking around hopeless. You better get some hope in God. Because when your family is discouraged, you're going to speak the word of God to them. You're going to speak the promises of God to them. You're going to speak the hope that's in the living one into their life. Don't be like the people of Israel, B'nai Yisrael in Ezekiel 37 and say we're cut off, our hope is gone. Abraham hoped beyond hope. Hope is contagious. Hope, number six, is, a, is healing to the soul. Some professionals have used a simple definition of depression as this, a sense of hopelessness. <laughs> right? That's pretty depressing. Hopelessness is depressing. Things cannot and will not get better. That's why biblical hope is so powerful. For people to understand that in God, things will get better. In God, things will get better. That there is a way out of your current situation. And there are things that they can do to help themselves. So hope can be a huge step in the pathway to someone's healing. 2 Corinthians tells us, So we do not lose heart, hear this, though our outer self is wasting away. Our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light and momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen. Key, 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 key in that verse. As we look not to the things that are seen. Your situation, your condition, the diagnosis, the wayward child, the bad situation, the lack of provision. No, no. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen, hear me, are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. They're true. We're going that way. We're heading in that direction. The promise is coming. Hope in it. Hope in it. Listen, there was a day in our people's history where they were saying Mashiach's not coming. It's been thousands of years. Mashiach's not coming. It's not going to be. Look, we're you know, oppressed by Rome. What happened? Yeshua. And Enter Yeshua. Enter salvation. Hope. Romans 15 says, For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through the encouragement of the Scriptures we might have hope. Through what? Endurance? Endurance. That means you're not going to give up real quick. And through the encouragement of what? The scriptures. How often do you read the scriptures? to encourage yourself? I'll tell you right now, to live this life and not be in the word of God, you're doing yourself a grave disservice. To live this life and not be in the word of God, I don't care, you don't have to read it. On your way to work, take out your iPhone, Go to BibleGateway.com, go to the audio Bible section, okay, and press play, and the Word of God will be read to you as you go to work, as you come home from work. You You could hear the Word of God read to you as you do your laundry, for goodness sake. And the Word of God will encourage your heart. goodness. I want to give you th- seven, eight, nine, 8, 9, and 10 fast. Hope is practical. Hope doesn't mean we just sit around and wait for a utopia to pop up in our lives. Biblical hope will motivate us to action. Do you hear me? So if, you, if I were you and I didn't have hope in my heart, I already gave you some things to do. I'd be in the word of God every single solitary day. I'd play the word of God around my house I'd start to thank God and look at God's promises for my life, even though my current condition is not what I want it to be. That's what I would begin to do. As we hope for better days for the congregation, we do so while serving the congregation. Friends, what we're looking at in this congregation is not what God wants. God wants to see this area impacted for him. But what do we do in the meantime? Do we just wait until God does it, come and go and come and go, live our life? What do you do waiting for the the, the loved one to come to faith? Do you just ho-hum it? Or do you live and act as if it's coming soon? As we hope for the salvation of our children, we do so by sharing the, the good news with them and praying for them. As we hope for the fulfillment of God's word, we listen to it, and we live it out in the real world. Biblical hope produces action. Number eight. So what I'm saying is, don't say, oh, well, now I'm filled with hope. Go act like you're filled with hope. Go act like your children are going to come to faith. Go act like the finances are going to come in. Just like Rena said. They increase. Could you... Rena, that didn't sound like a smart thing to do. I just want to tell you, as a financial advisor, when your finances are at their worst, you don't increase giving, do you? Yeah, in God's economy, that's what you do. And lo and behold, what happened? (sighs) Yeah, that didn't make sense logically. But God said, wow, that's awesome. He rewards that, right? Hope. Number eight, hope purifies. Whatever persecution we experience in this world, the day is coming when we, when we will not just be called sons of God, we will be like the Son of God. This is what inspires and motivates the Shilia Rav Shaul, to persevere to the end and to persevere in holiness. And everyone, it says, in Yochanan Aleph 3... 1 John says this, and everyone, say everyone, who has this hope in him, what hope? The hope of Messiah, the hope that God is active in their life. And everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. You see, guys, there's a branch of of the faith out there that thinks they could live however they want. God is holy. I'll just say, God's holy. And he expects his people to be holy. And the Messiah, the hope of glory, and his reality in our lives should motivate us, right, to live a life worthy of the calling to which we've been called. And this involves living a holy life before God. We shouldn't talk inappropriately, Right? We shouldn't watch inappropriate things, do inappropriate things. We need to align our life up to the word of God. Simply put, a wholesome life. And when we live a wholesome life, guess what? Okay, hope will help us to do that. Because if we're hoping in the living God who's holy, trust me, you'll want to live a holy life along with that calling. Number nine, hope saves us through the storm. Here's an interesting fact. There are 66 drawings of anchors. I just I, I found this, which is interesting. In the catacombs, those are the caves and tunnels that persecuted believers hid during the Roman persecutions. 66 drawings of anchors. Right? Hope was their anchor during those dark and stormy days. Like the anchor, hope grabs what is out of sight. Think about it. When the ship's in the storm, what do they say? You've seen the movies, drop the anchors, right? And at the end of that long chain or rope, there's an anchor holding us steady. We don't even see, right, that anchor anymore. All we do is see a little few feet of rope going into the water, but that anchor is connected and holding us solid. That's what hope is. Hope. You only see a little little bit, a little glimpse of the promise, a little encouragement from the word of God. You only see a little bit, but you have to understand that that anchor that we have in hope is hooked around Yeshua, the rock of our salvation, and it's keeping us steady, holding us firm. Hebrews tells us we have this hope as an anchor of the soul. Both firm and steady, a hope that enters the inner place behind the curtain. In other words, we're hooked on to him who is solid and unmoving. That's what hope does. That's why hope's important. Guys, go from here and and, and get before God. If you're hopeless in an area, if you're hopeless, period, you need to go to God and say, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to begin to do some things and get hope infused back into my heart and life. I want to tell you there's a lot to be hopeful for because God is faithful. Guys, we have, you know, 6,000 years of history to, prove, to show you the faithfulness of God. He's been faithful, and he'll continue to be faithful. And give me, let me give you the last one. Why hope is a necessity? Because hope defends us. It says in First Thessalonians five eight. But since we are of the day, let us be sober minded, putting on the breastplate of faithfulness and love, and the hope of salvation as a helmet. Rav Shaul depicts the hope or hope as a defensive helmet that must not be taken off and laid aside until the battle is over. Hope should always be on us, on our person. Do you know in battles, there's an ebb and flow to battles? Sometimes in a battle, it looks like you're winning, and you're just about to punch through, and the next thing you know, it looks like you're losing. And if you ever want to read about um, Israel becoming a nation, you'll see a lot of these things. It looked like, oh my gosh, there's nothing to hope in here. We're going to get crushed. Things are really, really bad. The next thing you know, it looks like they're winning. It looks like they're losing. It looks like all of a sudden, right, those ebbs and the flows of battle. What's the, what's the thing that keeps us consistent is hope. Hope. I heard this recently said about... The, the mentality of people who play sports, right? I don't think a boxer walks into the ring thinking they're gonna lose. Now, we might be watching the TV and say, oh, well, that guy's gonna lose. He's not even half as good as the other guy. And that might be true. But the boxer never walks in thinking, oh, I'm gonna lose, I'm gonna get killed, I'm gonna get crushed. He has a mindset, he's hopeful, he thinks he's gonna win. He thinks that all the champ has to do is slip up and not be on his best and I'm going to take it. Hopeful. Hope. It defends us. It allows us to give our best. It allows us to believe. It allows us to serve. It allows us to think right thoughts. Hope. Hope will only serve us this way if we choose to think this way. You can think what you want to. If a wrong thought comes in, change the channel. You get to choose what you think about. So many people have negative thoughts. Hope, though, if you're a hopeful person, hope will defend you and defend your thinking. Because when, when hope says, when, when, when discouragement comes in, and you say it's all over, it's never going to happen, I gave my best and I'm just going to toss in the towel, hope says, no, wait a second, the king has one more move. <laughs> yeah, that's right, that's what it says. Okay, my thought says, wait a second, wait, I know God, and so do you. And God's been too faithful to me, to, for me to give up that easy. It looks like it's over, but wait a second. The king has one more move. It's never over for the king. You could say to the king of the universe, Hey, God, checkmate, I got gotcha, you. And he'll say, Nope. I got something you didn't see yet. See, I might have taught you everything you know, but I didn't teach you everything I know. See, God always has something else in the bag. change the channel, guys. Some of you need to change the channel. This is just the way it is for my life. I'm always going to be this way. My health is going to get worse. Listen, look, look at me. I'm going to close in a second, but I, I have to go on a little rant here. I can't tell you how many believers tell me how they're getting worse and worse and worse and worse, and it's going to get worse, and my life's going to get worse, and my sickness is going to get worse, Change that channel. Women, this is where it's okay for you to have the remote. Go grab that remote from your husband and change that channel. Things aren't going to get worse. Show me in the Word of God where it says things are going to get worse. That's not what it says in the Word of God. It says things are going to get better. Things are going to improve. I have hope in a future for you right? A blessing for you, favor for you, grace for you, mercy for you, provision for you, an answer of prayer for you. That's what we have to be dwelling upon and thinking about. No, my children aren't going to go down the wrong road. They're going to go down the right road. No, they're not going to be destined for that life. They're going to be destined for this life because the word of God says so. And I'm going to declare it. I'm going to speak it. I'm going to believe it. I'm going to proclaim it. And it's going to happen because God says so. Fill your mind with the truth of the word of God and you will be filled with hope that you could pull up at any time, at any place, and make it come to bear on your situation. Some of you in this room are facing some real world situations. You need to apply hope to them. You need hope bad. Some of us in this room... You know, can I? Can I just just be honest with you? I'm closing, again. No, I'm really closing. But, But I have to tell you, you know how I could tell as the rabbi, when worship is, guys, people who are redeemed. I wish, I wish, that we could get, you know how, that God could somehow just put up there what worship in heaven is like, just for five minutes. And we would probably feel ashamed of ourselves how we worship God here. Because in heaven, they are stoked that they are before the King of Kings and the Lord of Glory. They're not like this. They are dancing and singing and shouting and they cannot contain themselves. Friends, if you can contain yourself, you're probably not living in hope. Because hope says, God is awesome. In every situation, in every way. But Rabbi, you've got some things going on in your life. Yeah, that might be true, but God is awesome. God has a future for me that's awesome. God has healing for me that's wonderful. God has provision for me that I can't see and will blow my mind if I saw it now. God is off the chain awesome. Hope. What are you filling your mind with? Guys, please, 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 please. Don't be like Ezekiel 37 and say, my hope is gone, I'm dried up and all is lost. Say, no, I am hoping in God because he is my joy and my delight, my defender my deliverer. Let's stand. Say, God, I thank you that you are faithful, that your promises are true, that they're yes, and I say amen. I say so be it to every single one of your promises. For me, For my family, for my children, for my husband, for my workmates, for my situation, for my job, every area of my life. God, I thank you that you are working it for my good. God, I will dwell upon that great and precious promise. I believe it in Yeshua's name. We need to fill our hearts with hope. Guys, you have a lot to be hopeful for because God is on the throne. He hasn't moved. He's not worried. He's not concerned about the state of our world. He is totally in charge and totally confident, and so can we be. Amen? Reach forth your hand, and we're going to end up going, but... Just take that word and apply it to whatever situation you're in. Say, God, I'm not going to despair. I'm going to hope in you. God, I'm not going to despair about the bad news. I'm going to hope in you. Thank you, God. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Father, I pray. God, that your hope, Lord, would spring forth in a powerful way into every single heart in this room. Father, that hope will dispel every ounce and smidgen of despair in their life. God, that hope would grab hold of their hearts, God, as they read the word, God, that they would hold on tight to your truth and to your promises. And Lord, that hope would propel each one of your people here today forward, into the blessed life that you have designed for them in Yeshua's name. Amen. Guys, God bless you. Upstairs, coffee, bagels, schmoozing. Stay. Go upstairs. Have a cup of coffee with us.